Before we start this episode, we want to give a trigger warning to anyone that's listening. Uh, we will be discussing um, issues of abortion, themes of rape, incest, and all of that. So if you are comfortable listening, you can carry on. But if you need any support, please feel free to reach out to someone that you trust and know. Hi, Taisal. And I'm Jermaine. And welcome back to another episode of Cleverty's Hash Podcast. As you can see, our dear Zura Go is in the screen today. Zura, tell us what is going on. I am not in the country. I'm in Barcelona right now, but I'm committed to my work. So I'm here through your screen. Yay. We are holding this recording session at 8.30 a.m. her time yeah. there. Yeah, she woke up for this, this girl. I'm surprised, and yeah. She is up. She has her makeup on. Her brows are there. And we are know, so proud of you. Today, we are bringing our listeners and audience, of course, back to this little studio where we started Harsh Podcast from. This was season one. It's such a cosy space. And we came in today like, eh, how come we are here? Apparently, there's a good reason for that. We have a special announcement we want to make. That's right. A lot of you have been like DMing us or like DMing Clarity, telling us how much you love Harsh Podcast. I even had someone tell me she listens to five Harsh Podcast episodes at one go. What? She waits for us to upload again and then she listens to five episodes at another go. Oh, like she will binge listen. Yes. Okay. Like, it's like a harsh marathon, you know yeah. what I mean? I can't even listen to myself that much, but thank you so much. <laughs> but today, we want to announce that we're in season four right now. But mm -hmm. it's actually going to be season forever. forever. What does Yay. that mean? So what does that mean? Okay, so we... <laughs> so we may be going on occasional breaks, nothing too long. So for example, Zura is in Barcelona right now, right? So um, we are going to be taking like say like a one week break after this. Yeah. But essentially, we want Harsh Podcast to keep going on because there's so many topics and conversations that we can be having every single day, right? So we don't want to stop that. We want to keep interacting with you. Exactly. So as much as possible, we will have new episodes coming out every week and, you know, hopefully we can share more with you about, you know, the current affairs that are going on. And I think that brings us to what we're talking about today. I think it's a bit serious. It's mm. a bit sensitive, but it definitely should be talked about. It's very important. Mm. Um, you might have seen in the news over the last month or so, it's been headline news day after day. In the US, there was a huge, you know, constitutional um, kind of issue where Roe v. Wade, this uh, landmark case from 1969, was actually overturned. And what that means is that a woman's right to abortion and the legalization of abortion is about to change in the USA. Okay, can we first share a bit uh, more on how this law actually came about in the first place? Okay, so Roe v. Wade, it was a landmark case back in 1969, mm -hmm. right? Um, so her name is Jane Roe, that's why Roe v. Wade, but her actual name is Norma McCorvey. She became pregnant with her third child in Texas. And at that time, um, abortion was illegal unless it's to save the mother's life. Okay. Now, Jane was not in any of this situation, right? She wanted to get an abortion. But her attorneys filed a lawsuit against her local district attorney, Henry Wade, that's why Wade, um, alleging that Texas abortion laws were unconstitutional. Surprisingly, the courts ruled in her favour and allowed her to actually get an abortion and that kind of set a precedence for wow. so many women after. So now this law is overturned and Zura, what do you think about this? I think when I saw it in the news, you know, it's a very touchy topic, it's very sensitive and I felt like, you know, as much as we want to be pro-life, you know, nobody here is trying to encourage abortion for no reason or anything like that. But I think that just like 
social egg freezing, you know, that we talked about this, we want options and we want to be able to decide for ourselves because I think everybody's situation, circumstances, it varies, you know, it really varies. And bring a life into the world, it's really not as simple as just giving birth. I think there's a lot that comes with it. And, you know, when someone makes a decision to, you know, have an abortion, for example, with a very good reason, I think that is responsible on their part. Because if you're going to bring the child to the world and, you know, you don't have the means for it, you're not ready for it, you're not emotionally, mentally, physically ready for it, or you don't have the capacity for it, I think in turn, it could actually be worse for the child. Like the child is the one who's going to suffer. Yeah, I I completely, you know, see where you're coming from. And I think when this Mm. whole thing came about, right, a lot of people were saying, oh, this is, you know, such a step back for human rights and women's Mm. rights as well. And I came across this um, tweet that says, when the penalty for aborting after rape is more severe than the penalty for rape, that's when you know it's a war on women. Right. Yeah. But I think it's important to also, you know, set the set the stage, right? What is illegal, what is not, what's considered an abortion. So here is how certain states such as Texas, right, define abortion. Okay. So what doesn't constitute an abortion? Number one, saving the life or preserving the health of an unborn child. Okay, that's number one. Number two, removing a dead unborn child whose death was caused by spontaneous abortion. Or, number three, removing an ectopic pregnancy. Ectopic pregnancy is a pregnancy outside of the uh, uterus where it gets stuck in the fallopian tube and it's not going to be able to come to full term. Mm. So these are not considered abortions and you can still get them in states like Texas. An abortion is where, um, for example, in cases of rape, where the the child, there's nothing wrong with the child, Mm. right? But you just want to get an abortion. Mm. Yeah. And we mentioned that these laws, they are constitutional, right? Which means it depends on how the states um, want to deal with this ruling, am I yes. right? So it's made illegal in some and it still can be processed or like proceeded with in others, am I right? Yeah, so for example, let's say um, I live in California. Okay. I can still get abortions legally. Mm. But if I live in a more conservative state like Texas or South Dakota, that's where it's been made illegal. Okay, so mm. if a woman in Texas wants to get an abortion can she travel somewhere else to get it done? Yes, she That's can actually. Right, right? Um, I've actually also read about some companies like Apple, for example, paying for their employees to go out of state, to travel out of state to get abortions. Mm. Really? So, so there are steps being taken by corporations as well to protect their employees. Right, but I feel like um, having overturned this law, it actually makes a huge impact to women's life. Like Azura mentioned just now, we talked about egg freezing, we talked about options, and now I feel like we are taking one step back from what we have built up since 1969, as you mentioned just now. Yeah. What do you think are some of the possible implications, Zura? Yeah, so I think it's not just a now problem, you know. It's not like, a, oh, do I want an abortion now? Do I not want an abortion now? And then the problem goes away. I think it's a societal issue. It's a long-term issue where, you know, if, for example, in states where it's going to be made illegal, and you have, you know, an uprise of these kids who are not taken care of, for example, you know, in future, they may contribute to societal problems or issues. And it's like a never-ending thing. It becomes a vicious cycle. And it's not their fault. That's the thing, you see. Yeah, definitely. I think by banning abortions, it doesn't actually mean that people won't get them anymore. Not everyone can afford to travel out of state to get an abortion. What that means is you're making abortions very unsafe. People are going to try and get them done illegally Mm -hmm. and a lot of people might lose their lives over procedures like that. Right. So on the other hand, let us take a step back and and try to understand why this rule is overturned. So I understand that, you know, maybe the the US government... um, they think that abortion is equivalent to crime. 
is equivalent to Murder. murdering. Yeah, murdering an unborn baby. So that is why they want people to be responsible for their own actions. Yeah. I get that. But what about accidents like we mentioned just now? Um, if you are in a happy relationship, for example, and you are you, you got pregnant by accident, but you don't think you're ready to have this baby, you no longer have that option of letting it go. And rape, I, I, I can't stress about this enough. Like, what if it's not even up to you? Well, if we want to understand, you know, the pro-lifers, right? Mm -hmm. I I can read you, this is a pro-lifer, this is what she said. I'm against the legal option to destroy someone's body and violently end their life. So basically, abortion. I'm against abortion. If you are in support of that, you are the one that wants to control other people's bodies, not me. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know, just very quickly, which side do you think you girls are on, Zura? Pro-life or pro-choice? It's a tough question and I think it's a little bit hard as well to choose an answer because as we said, you know, from the very beginning when we set stage that it's very case by case basis. I understand to a certain extent as well, you know, where they're coming from because legalizing it, for example, um, it may give the idea or it may raise people with sort of the understanding that I can always take that out, let's say. Okay, where it's not an urgent situation or an important situation. It feels like they can get it done whenever they want to just because they don't want a kid. And maybe that's not what they want. You know, that's what they're trying to avoid. Because at the end of the day, passing a law, if someone wants to get an abortion, let's say it's legal now, you know, there's no such thing as, oh, why are you getting it? Oh, for this reason, you can. For this reason, you cannot. Okay, you reconsider or anything like that, you know. But I feel like, you know, like what we said earlier, when it comes to rape, for example, you can't expect them to raise that child when they're not ready, when they're too young or if that child reminds them or is traumatic for them for the rest of their life how is that going to affect the mother and the child at the same time you know what I mean the child might grow up completely unloved or you know might receive abusive treatment from the mother just because she was suffering that trauma and I think it's it's very difficult when it comes to things like that but also because you mentioned earlier you know what if a couple is not ready and I remember hearing a story from a friend right Uh, he actually said to me like you know their marriage is not good he felt like it was never supposed to happen. And actually, he was about to file for a divorce. And then she got pregnant. So because of that, they stayed in that marriage. And I mean, they are divorced now eventually. But you see. Hmm. Let me throw a spanner in the works, right? Um, okay, for me, I'm 100% pro-choice. And I, I can say that here. Um, but coming from a pro-lifer perspective, what they feel is that if you have an unwanted pregnancy, instead of aborting it, you should just give birth to it and leave it up for adoption. But how can you guarantee that that kid is going to have love, all the kind of emotional mm. attention, financial attention that he or she needs? Yeah. I am not up for that. I think we're talking about the American child welfare system. In America, on any given day, like even right now, there's at least half a million children in the foster care system. Because the adoption process is so difficult um, and is so complicated, a lot of children end up in foster homes where they're not properly loved. They get shoved around from one home to another and they don't have that um, kind of welfare growing up. And that's also another consideration. Like you leave it up for adoption, but what's going to happen to that child? Mm, And that's the thing, like what we mentioned earlier just now, right? That, you know, making it illegal or, you know, making a decision like that, um, it's going to cause more societal problems, actually. Mm. And I've been to a foster home in Korea. I can't say that the kids there are unhappy, but definitely I do feel that they can be getting more attention. Can you imagine this situation? There are 20 kids and only two adults to look after 20 kids. So 
I feel like if you feel it's responsible to just give birth to the kid and just leave it up to the adoption homes, then it's not being very responsible at the end of the day. So I would say that my option, I would lean towards pro-choice as well. If you want to give birth to this child, you make sure you commit and you take care of him or her. And this is a huge commitment, right? Because pregnancy is 10 months, but the commitment is a lifetime. Mm. It's incredible. That that kind of emotional stress, the kind of financial, financial pressure stress, yeah. that you have to commit to is huge. Yeah. Let's bring it back home, right? Let's talk mm. about the stigma that surrounds um, prenatal marriage as well as abortion in Singapore, right? Why do you think some women might choose to terminate their pregnancies? Oh, I've had a friend um, just because uh, she had too many kids. She only wanted to have three. So for Singapore, I think actually three kids is also, you know, more, more than average already. But she was very blessed with a fourth kid. But after discussing this with her husband, they felt like, you know, financially, the cost of living in Singapore is also so high. They don't think that they are able to give all four kids a good quality of life if they choose to go ahead with it. Mm. So they decided that, you know, okay, maybe let's not go ahead with the fourth kid so that we can give our remaining three kids a better life. Yeah, I understand. Zura, mm. what do you think? Uh, why would some women choose to terminate their pregnancies? Um, I think for a multitude of reasons, right? But um, that's the thing, you see. When you make a choice like that or when you're deciding on something like that, you definitely have your reasons, like Hazel's friend, for example. And I think that's already being responsible, you know. I think in Singapore as well, especially when we have like different religions and different religions have different stands in this, you know. They but I think in general everybody believes that, you know, a child's a blessing, it's a good thing, that it will bring you more joy than pain, for example, right? But I think we also need to be responsible in the sense that can you care for this child for the next, not just 18 years of their life, but for the rest of their life? There are people who make decisions to abort, for example, because they find out early in their pregnancy that let's say the child is, you know, maybe not fully formed or the child is going to have some health problems. You know, I don't think it's cruel because I think at the end of the day, are they strong enough to be able to raise that child and to go through that life? You know, I think people have a lot of opinion on this, but at the end of the day, isn't the parent the one who is going to have to do it for the rest of their lives? Mm -hmm. and, and some people may say, oh, that's a selfish reason, you know, to mm -hmm. want to abort um, mm -hmm. for your own reasons. But, but the, it is your body, right? It's your body, your choice. And, and mm -hmm. I agree that it can be completely selfish. I have a friend who, um, she got an abortion at, I think it was 16 years old. Okay. At that time, mm -hmm. I, I was very shocked when she came to me and she told me that I'm going to get an abortion. And she had been dating this guy for maybe like a few months, right? And obviously, like, didn't use protection. That's a whole other thing, sex education. Whole other thing. But the fact that her boyfriend at the time had to come to me and borrow money for the abortion, I, I actually paid for her abortion at the time. If he can't even afford the abortion, how are you going to afford to raise this child, right? It, it's just, it, it just doesn't make sense. And imagine if she had kept that child because of a law, because of a constitutional thing. Her life would be so different right now, you know. She wouldn't have been able to do all the things she wanted to do. Mm. Yeah. And I have to disagree with Azura. Just now she mentioned that a child brings more joy than sorrow. I think it's really a case-by-case -case basis. For couples who are well-prepared and have been looking forward to a child, of course, it's a bundle of joy and blessing. But for couples, for example, Jeremy's friends, mm. 
I, I honestly do not think that this child would be would bring more joy. Oh, they sh- broke mm. up shortly mm. after the whole, you know, there we the go. whole and situation. This would have caused the child himself or herself a lot of trauma as well. Growing up in a broken family. And we also talked a lot about like um single parenthood. It's so tough to have just one parent. That's why you always need both hands in it, right? I think single parent, mm. you know, I think that's completely fine. I think that, you know, it is. if you commit to that, that's not an issue Correct. at all. It's a lot of stress yeah. on you, so kudos to you. But yeah. if you just have to make sure you know that there's huge commitment. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So Zura, when do you think like, what's the ethicality of whether you decide to go ahead with an abortion or not? What's ethical, what's not ethical? Wow, that's really, really hard. I think... That's the thing, you see, when you pass a law like this, it's either this or that. It's very hard to come to an in-between where, you know, um, you have to meet certain conditions. Because even if you put that in place, it's not your choice anymore fully. You know what I mean? It's putting conditions in place. It's not giving someone the rights or the complete option to it anymore. So I think it's really, really hard. But I think to sort of shape the society or... Um, help the situation in a sense that you don't want to promote that, you know, you can just get it for fun or for no reason or, you know, for no actual good reason. I think it starts elsewhere. I think, you know, to me, it's not about the ethicality. People can say, oh, it will be ethical or it's okay to get an abortion if you got raped or if it was incestuous you know something Mm. like that but to me it's not about that if you deem that it's only acceptable to get abortions in that sense then you are reinforcing the idea that um, for a woman to have rights over her own body someone has to violate Mm. it first and that's not true Mm. like even Mm. if it's not rape or incest you should still have that right over your own body and I love how like a lot of men you know especially in the United States are getting involved in this argument and (laughs) saying that oh you can't do that with your body but here's my take on it if a woman is not allowed to have an abortion, then guess what? Men shouldn't be allowed to walk away from unwanted pregnancies, correct? Right. Yeah. It takes two hands to You're locked in for life then, if you <laughs> want to say it that way. That's very true. Okay, so girls, bringing this to a local context, although highly unlikely, what do you think that if one day Singapore decides that abortion is no longer legal? Well, it will make it very, very unsafe. I think a lot of people mm. would, you know, then either do it illegally or have to travel and not be protected by the Singapore healthcare system. I mean, I- I'm very thankful that we live in a country that we recognize women's rights. Yeah, and you know, like, if Jermaine's friend, right, for example, couldn't afford, couldn't, couldn't even afford um, an abortion at that age, right? Mm-hmm. And if it was illegal, I mean, how are they going to afford to travel, for example, or get it done safely? I mean, as it is, right, even today, we hear, like, horror stories once in a while. Honestly, we really do. So imagine, like, the steps or, you know, desperation pushes people to do crazy things. And imagine what they would be doing. Well, I feel that um, Singaporeans, we live in, like, this environment. And my personal take is we make very informed decisions. So even if this was illegal in Singapore... I really do believe that many people would just travel out of this place to get it done anyway. Mm. But you have a point. Just now we mentioned not everybody has Mm. the financial means to go about doing this. So, 
I really hope that day doesn't come. Yeah. Even though abortion mm. is legal in Singapore, there are, you know, certain procedures that you have to go through. It's a process, right? Mm-hmm. And there are certain caveats. You can only abort up to 16 weeks. Anything later than that, right, over 24 weeks is prohibited. It's considered a late-term abortion. And that can actually put both mother and child at risk unless the mother's health is, you know, dependent on this abortion, then that's okay. There's a whole process. You have to go through counselling. There's a waiting period. There's records that Ministry of Health have to keep. Um, So it's not just like a on a whim, oh, let's get abortion and we go get abortion. No, you have to go through a process. Right. So other requirements, for example, you must be a citizen of Singapore or wife of a Singapore citizen or you must be a person who has been a resident in Singapore for at least four months. So you can't just like waddle in and decide, hey, I want to get an abortion done. Like, no, there's a lot of procedures Mm. ahead of you. Yeah. So I think, you know, there are a lot of stories like that in Singapore Mm -hmm. and um, our producers wanted to highlight a few of some real-life cases that have happened here as well. One of these stories is... We'll, we'll give her a, uh, a pseudonym. Her name is Sophie. Okay. She was actually 19 years old last year when she found out that she was pregnant, right? And her parents told her, either you get an abortion or you have to get married. Oh, okay. Yeah. She decided to get married to her boyfriend then of uh, five... He was five years older than her, but they had a huge fight before the day of the wedding and they actually called the wedding off. Oh, wow. Wait, so the girl is 19, the guy is 24. Yes, exactly. Still very young, still very young. And after this relationship ended, her parents still wanted her to get an abortion, but Sophie couldn't do it. And her parents actually kicked her out when she was three months pregnant because she refused to get an abortion. And her reason for not aborting the baby is that abortion might have been the easiest thing to do, but it didn't feel right and I didn't feel like the baby deserved to die. And eventually she seeked help from a shelter and her parents accepted her back into the family. Actually, right, I also know someone who um, got pregnant when she was 18 and she was in JC at that time. Um, She decided to keep the child. They decided to get married, um, keep the child. Um, But they also, you know, they were very lucky. They had both parents' support, both family support. And they're still married till today. The kid is like, 16, 18 today. Wow. And they've had like a couple of other child after, but like after a long time, you know, mm. and that worked out for them. That's why I say it's not just a to keep or not to keep issue. Like it's not just an abortion or no abortion issue, but I think there's a lot of other things that comes with it. Like in this case, you know, let's say she's really prepared mentally, physically, you know, financially, but she also needs family support, you know, because mm. it really takes a village. Lah. Right. And I feel like coming from her parents' point of view, I can totally see why they wanted her to get an abortion because she was not ready. That guy sure as hell was not ready. But you know what's the best thing in this situation? Sophie actually had a choice. So she could go ahead with her parents' decision to abort it or she could go ahead with her own decision to keep it. Mm. And she's blessed because things are working out for her. She's back together with her parents. They're supportive. They're bringing out the child together. And I hope they have a very healthy and happy relationship now. Yeah, but the important part is she had that choice. Exactly. And she made that choice Therefore, she can live with herself knowing that she made that decision to keep the child. Right. Right. Mm. So here's another story. This author from this online platform, okay, she shared that she had used protection uh, while having sex, but unfortunately, the condom broke and eventually she found out that she was pregnant. So she and her partner decided to go ahead with an abortion because they thought they were not ready for a kid. And at the end, the author actually mentioned that she was mentally strong and prepared enough to go through the entire abortion procedure, unlike a lot of other girls who may have some regrets in their hearts. 
I think a lot of people think that oh, abortion is is mm. is just such an easy process. Like if you make it legal, it's so easy to go through. But there are a lot of considerations. There's a lot of mental stress and trauma on the people that have gotten abortions as well. It's not just that simple. It's not black and white. So you know, giving them that choice, they've made that choice. All you can do is to be there and support them. Right. So can I just tell you a story of a very, very close friend of mine? She and her boyfriend have dated since the age of like 14. Um, so it's 11 years down the road now. And uh, one day, it was during the circuit breaker period, she found out that she was pregnant. So she and the boyfriend went back home to tell her parents. Her parents were not very supportive of this. They wanted her to let go of it because, you know, you just graduated from uni. What do you mean? You have no money to take care of the kid. And are you sure you want to be married to this guy? Sure, you dated for 11, 12 years. But are you sure? You better give yourself some more time to think this through. They signed up for this abortion procedure. But the day before they visited the clinic, they actually decided to come to the guy's family to tell the guy's parents about it. And the guy's parents, they were very supportive of them keeping the baby. The mom actually, the mom of the father actually said, don't abort the baby. Just give birth to her. We will take care of her. So the day before the abortion, my friend cried. She broke down in tears and she decided, you know what, I, I don't want to go through the abortion anymore. Because after she, you know, they have the scan thing and you can actually see the fetus. And upon seeing that, it really broke her a bit to sort of like let go of this life. So eventually they kept it. The baby is about a year old now. She's so, so adorable and I'm so happy for her that they are doing this. Mm. But once again, they had an option too. So now they've mm. decided to keep this baby with no regrets in their hearts because they know they could have gone the other path, but they didn't. They choose to keep it. Mm. Okay, so I have a friend as well who... Um, so she found out that she was pregnant, right? And she had been dating this guy maybe like two years or so. But she didn't want to tell her family because she was afraid that her family would influence her decision. And she wanted it to be her own decision. Okay. Yeah. Fair. So when she found out she was pregnant, I think what she felt was that, shit, like, I'm with this guy right now, but this is not the guy that I want to be with for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. How can I keep this baby knowing that I don't want to raise a baby with this guy? Mm. So it kind of went through her head in that sense. So she kept it, you know, from both the families. They kept it from both the families. Went ahead for the procedure and basically didn't tell uh, anyone about okay, it. Okay, wait, can the guy pay for the abortion procedure? No. Oh, So the girl paid for it. Oh. <laughs> so the girl paid for it. My friend paid for it. Okay. Um, shortly after the abortion, they broke up. And then her parents found out a few years later. And her mom was like mm. so upset. Her mom was saying, mm. why didn't you tell me about this? Because you, know? you would have influenced mm. her decision. Yeah, precisely. Because, you know, you're afraid mm. of like your parents being disappointed in you, being upset in you, um, and not being able to support you. And I guess she was just scared at that point of time. But it made her realise that this is not the person that she wants to be with. Right. Yeah, imagine if she had kept that child in. And that guy went on to be a deadbeat dad. He knocked up another girl oh. and didn't want to take responsibility for that child. She wanted to keep it. So did she keep it in the end? Yes. Oh. So imagine, can you imagine? Like, that's just crazy. Mm. So the most important thing is, you know, to, to have a choice. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, what we've been talking about from just now, you know, it's really about the importance of having a choice, right? And if you want to make it illegal for an abortion, then don't allow all these bloody guys to have sex. Lah. You don't have sex. Lah. Yeah? You don't want to take responsibility. I have to, you know, take responsibility for it. I'm the one who's going to be stuck with a child because I'm birthing it. You can jolly well run away and be a DVD. You don't have sex. Lah. Simple. She's like rapping. She's yeah. very angry. There was a tempo to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever there was a beat. she just said. Yeah. Let a beat drop. <laughs> yeah, but 
I, I also read something that I think is, is very poignant. So in the US, right, where this whole thing originated, um, where they're, you know, banning abortion in many, many states, um, buying a gun is actually easier than getting an abortion. And someone said, you wouldn't try to regulate my vagina if it fired bullets. <laughs> so therefore, right, we should train our vaginas, right, to shoot bullets. Wow. Yeah, not bad, right? Um, um, I need to train harder. Yeah. I need to train harder. Like an AK-47. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a very valid point. Yeah. Why is it easier to, to buy a to, gun? To get a gun than to get an abortion. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't understand. Yeah. Okay, so, but this is personal point of view, okay? So, yeah, we are all entitled to our own opinions, right? That's what Hush Podcast is for. <laughs> exactly. Mm. And and let's talk about, you know, some advice or some thoughts for our listeners. Of course, um, it's not happening right here in Singapore, but how can we support what's going on? Oh, I know secondhand how traumatic it must be to be going through the decision of like, eh, should I go for an abortion or not? Because that friend that mm. I mentioned just now, she was very close to me. Yep. So I can see her breaking down. So I just want to say, Please remember that this is your choice. And like what Jamie mentioned, maybe your family members can influence your choice. So it's definitely up to you whether you want to let them know or not. But speak to someone you really trust, be it your gynae or, or whoever, and make the most informed decision that you can. Absolutely. Zora, hmm. what do you think? I think, you know, nothing is for certain. You could jolly well sign up for an abortion. Actually, I know somebody whose mother wanted to abort him. Um, she was on the way to the clinic already and then she decided to turn back. So, you know, nothing is for certain, but having that choice, I think, says a lot. It helps a lot because, you know, it lets you explore things. It lets you think about the kind of life you want to have, the kind of life that you want your child to have. Um, and I think that that in itself is very, very important because, you know, it influences, it affects a lot of other things in this world. So um, that's what I think that, you know, an abortion is not an easy thing to go through. It's not something that you can just decide like, oh, I'm going to buy candy today. Oh, I'm going to have an abortion today. It's not anything like that. You know, it's actually a physical thing. It's actually um, a mental thing as well for the mother who is about to do it. But having a choice is the most important thing because I think it's her body and she knows what is best for her and the child. Like, I think a lot of this has to do with the child as well. Mm, yeah. You know, the quality of life that a child's going to have. That at the end of the day, right, the child's not going to suffer. Yeah. Mm. Being pro-choice is not being pro-abortion. That's right. I think that's, that's right. a yeah. very important distinction. Being pro-choice is allowing them to make their choices. And if, let's say your friend comes to you and she says, I want to do this. Don't, don't try to tell her that's the wrong decision or anything. Mm -hmm. Just be there for her. Support her. If you can, if you guys are close enough, maybe accompany her to the clinic. You never know what's going on in her life. And just check in with her after as well. Regardless of whether she chooses to keep the child or abort the child, just be there for them. Right. Yeah. I just want to say that whatever you're feeling, if you're going through um, the decision of like abortion or not, Whatever you're feeling, they're all valid, okay? So don't invalidate yourself and your emotions. That's very important. Absolutely. And I think if, if you want to support like what's going on in the US as well, you can donate to an abortion fund. If that's something that you want to do and you're comfortable doing, yeah, why not? That's right. Once again, this is our, you know, um, personal opinion. We're not trained professionals. We are by no means like experts or qualified to talk about this. But I think that this opens up a channel for conversation, which is really, really important. And I hope that you know that you're never alone, no matter what you're going through. Just think about it for yourself. I think that's important for your future and for your child's future. Because whoever's going to say anything, right, if they're not going to help you in raising that kid, then 
not valid. Mm. Well, this is a touchy, sensitive topic, but I'm glad we talked about this. And for you who have been listening to us over the past, say, 30 minutes, thank you for being here with us. We're always here for you and let us know if you guys have any thoughts about this as well. We are open to hearing all kinds of thoughts as well. Please listen to us on YouTube, Me Listen, Apple Podcasts, and as well as on Spotify. Once again, I'm Hazel. I'm Jermaine. I'm Adira. <laughs> and we'll catch you on the next episode of Clarity's Hash Podcast. Season forever! Season forever! I hope the next episode, uh, we will all be together. Woo. Yeah. Enjoy your trip in Barcelona, baby girl. We miss you so much. Thank you, my love. Bye-bye!